Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and actually a, a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, today. Have uh, planned a very insightful conversation with someone who is an international mindfulness-based stress management consultant, um, a psychological safety consultant. She's a certified mindfulness trainer and yoga instructor. Uh, please uh, help me in welcoming uh, Amanda Muhammad uh, to the show. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, glad to have you. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Um, so, Amanda, we we had just a, a moment, and so I'm gonna be transparent to the audience for a moment. Is that before the show started? So we're we're talking about how things are gonna go, and Amanda had to get her headphones, and <laughs> and so she reached to get her headphones, and uh, they were in a knot. And so we were under a minute before the show was to begin. And so I said, it's okay. And so here I am telling the stress management <laughs> consultant, uh, <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. Um, but, but I think, you know, it, it's, it, it's funny because we, um, we encounter situations throughout the day that can be potentially very stressful. And so um, we, because I have a strong interest in helping uh, leaders and people who are in uh, leadership roles in a variety of organizations that thought it would be great to have you on board. Um, and so I'll start with asking, so how did you, tell me a little bit about yourself, but I, I also want to know, sure. how did you get into uh, stress management? What was it about it that made you go into stress management? Okay, well, yeah, thank you so much again for having me. That was a really funny moment. And just to get it started, I think it's just so important. It's, you know, it's funny to acknowledge that just because you teach stress management, just because you know the tips and the tools, doesn't mean you won't be in these situations where you're under pressure. And that's where sure. doing all of that work up front really benefits you. But we can get into that later. Um, sure. So I am in Dallas, Texas right now, well, just a little bit north of Dallas and Plano. And I got here about eight years ago. So prior to that, I was at, a, in, at the University of Kansas uh, when I was an undergrad. And my family was going through a really hard time, a really hard time. And I was not coping well, and I was not sleeping well. And this mm -hmm. is well before I knew anything about yoga and mindfulness and all of these different things. So um, unfortunately, at the time, to cope, I was actually doing things like taking a shot to go to sleep, to relax myself mm -hmm. enough that I could rest. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. not coping in healthy ways, and that was the way that I was getting to sleep. Well, my brother, who was also an educator, he was down at Emporia University at, at the time, and he had taken this gym class and learned about the importance of moving your body and breathing. And he told my mom, because she too was very stressed, um, that she should maybe try this yoga thing. So she ends up taking a yoga class at the local community college, and she falls in love with it and eventually brings me up for a class. So we're in this yoga class, and 
We lay down for this final resting pose called Shavasana. It's this state Mm -hmm. where you're in between being awake and being asleep. And when we come out of Shavasana, I look at my mom and I go, Mom, somebody was snoring so loud. And she (laughs) looks at me and she goes, Mandy, that was you. And I was like, wait a minute. Now, hold up. What is this that I just did? All I did was move my body a little bit. I did some breathing. I paid attention. You're telling me I was knocked out so much I didn't know I was knocked out? So needless to say, right? I fell in love. My mom got me a little purple yoga mat from TJ Maxx. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just started rolling it out at my apartment back down at KU. And I noticed Mm -hmm. that when I did these different things and I was moving and I was breathing and I was exploring this practice, it felt really good. And along the same time, I also learned about mindfulness practices. uh, Oprah had a book come out in her book club that somebody gave to my mom at the church, and it was called The Secret by Rhonda Burns, one of my favorite books to this day. Yes. And Mm -hmm. that's where I learned about the power of my mind, the law of attraction, Mm -hmm. the power of positivity, you know, what it truly meant to have faith, honestly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, I started learning about those practices, and I kind of tucked them in my back pocket. So as you know, you know, my undergraduate degree was uh, management leadership in HR. I was mm-hmm. headed off to climb the corporate ladder, and I was going to be somebody's human resources director. I wasn't sure who, but that's where I was oh, headed. Sure, And sure. <laughs> when I got to corporate, um, I looked around, and a lot of the people were very stressed, and there were not any tools for us to manage it. Now, I did have those tools that I had learned along the way, and again, when I used them, they benefited me, and when I didn't, it was happy hour every day until I had 17 bottles of wine lined up in the in the kitchen. Not a proud sure. moment, but that was sure. my reality. Sure. Um, eventually, I ended up leaving that job to get some more experience, as I said I needed to get for me to go into this like recruiting route, and I went to a small private recruiting firm. And over there, we were incredibly stressed, and there were not any tools for us to manage it. But we had happy hours and a ping-pong table, and they'd take us traveling. But at the core, we didn't have any solutions to help us navigate mm-hmm. the toughness of our days. Sure. And, and unfortunately, the, that's how a lot of people yeah. end up managing it, right? Exactly. Exactly. So just because it's a coping strategy doesn't mean it's healthy, right? right. So that was right. our, our way of coping, right? And right. then um, the same day that I quit there, let's say just, it was the same day that I was going to be fired there. So, <laughs> so I left that job. And you know what? I stumbled into education because I was mm-hmm. like, I've got to figure out something that I'm going to do. And a friend of mine that went to the University of Kansas, he was like, hey, you should just substitute teach while you're figuring it out. So I get to this school. I substitute teach. I fell in love with it. It was mm-hmm. totally different than corporate. I look around, you know, there's all these kids and artwork on the walls, and it's just so much fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you know, it was great. It was such a contrast to what I was used to in corporate. Sure, but sure. the teachers around me were very stressed. Now, this is when I was very new into education that I saw this. I'm like, why are they so stressed? It's so fun here, right? Like, mm-hmm. y'all, don't know what it's, y'all don't know what it's like to send a cubicle out there. So anyways, uh, then I, with time, I understood how stressful education actually was. And, again, the teachers didn't have resources for us to manage it. You were just expected to show up and do your job. And so by that time, in the background, I had been, you know, learning more about yoga. I became a certified yoga instructor. I became a certified mindfulness trainer. And I decided to start teaching it to the teachers and the students. And what I noticed was that the teachers and the students that were doing it, it made a difference just like it did for me. Mm-hmm. And the longest, longest story short, even though this story is obviously very long, 
um, I ended up deciding that this is what I was going to do. I was going to support educators and different professionals in finding ways to manage their stress. And more mm-hmm. importantly, finding things they could do throughout the day to manage their stress because they're so busy. So they don't have yes. time necessarily to take a yoga class in the middle of the day or go for a run or even take, I mean, they're scarfing down lunch in 20, 30 minutes if you're lucky. Sure, so sure. I had to find those actionable tools and started using mindfulness-based practices to help educators, you know, build resilience and navigate the stress that they were experiencing. And eventually now it's evolved. So I'm working in education and also in uh, in the organization's corporate level as well. Oh wow, that's awesome! You know, a lot of times people uh, uh, you know are looking first for their own solutions and discover ways in which they can help other people. So I think that's that's absolutely mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 just you know seeing and hearing that you are a. Uh, stress management consultant, and I know you. You know now you're doing all this other stuff too. Um, I know mm-hmm. it's it's not easy to become a yoga instructor. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I had a very similar story from uh, something that I was doing. I learned how to do Strengths Finder. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar okay. with uh, the Clifton Sh- uh, mm-hmm. Strengths Finder, and it was so compelling to me. I did the same thing. Like I, what you're saying, you yeah. did was that it it told me so much. It was so helpful. To me, I knew it would be helpful to other people. So, so right. tell me a little bit about who your clients are, and I'm just mean kind of generically. Um, how do they show up? How do how do they know they need a stress management consultant? Well, you know, I think that so my clients, I, I guess, is I don't do any one-on-one work, so I guess I should start there. Most of the work that I'm doing, I'm going in and I'm working with teams. I'm working with a whole staff. So I may be working and doing your professional development for your school. I may be speaking at a conference on stage or hosting a breakout room for a conference, you know, like one of the breakout sessions. Um, so typically I'm being hired by managers, principals, superintendents, executive directors who understand that they have employees that are stressed and they want them to find additional resources for them to manage it and navigate it. Um, I think that a lot of people know that they need support in their organizations, but they don't necessarily know what it's called. Um, I think it helps that I do teach mindfulness. You know, it's for, you know, I guess, I guess it's great that it's so popular right now, um, but mindfulness-based stress management is just a little bit different. And um, I think that in having so many conversations, because I, I get – the majority of my clients come through referrals, come through listening to conversations just like this. I think the light bulb kind of goes off and it says, hey, this is something that I need, especially when we get to talking about the actionable tools. You know, a lot of the things mm-hmm. that are out there, we think about stress management, we say get more rest, we say drink more water, and it's like, okay, <laughs> but what can I actually do, you know? Um, yes. You're telling someone to get more rest, but they have four kids at home or they're juggling multiple jobs. So what are some of these more practical steps that we can take? And so my people that come to me and um, ultimately hire me for their groups are people that just recognize that there's a need. They're looking Mm -hmm. for a different approach. They're looking for practical resources. And um, I think that the way that I deliver it is uh, pretty unique Mm -hmm. in its approach. Um, And I'm very heavy on accountability um, from a bottom-up and top-down approach. So Mm -hmm. 
um, understanding that, you know, for the employees that show up each day, it's understanding that, you know, this is my job and I'm making a conscious decision to walk into this job each day. And mm-hmm. until this job figures out how they're going to take better care of me, I'm going to take the responsibility to take better care of myself. From mm-hmm. a top-down approach, now looking at psychological safety, it's looking more so at, okay, you know, I've got resources in hand for my employees. You know, we've got some different tools that they can take care of there. But how can we as an organization start to better understand what our employees need so that we can begin to provide an atmosphere that does not require them to always feel like they need to take better care of themselves. Sure. Sure. So I think a lot of times it's like, you know, as the individual employees, it's like, yeah, but you should do this and you should do that. And it's like, they should, you're right. They really should. But that change is going to take some time. And if you're here for the long haul, you better, you better figure out how to take care of yourself along the way. And so that's That's my approach. It's pretty, it's pretty, um, I'm pretty stern in that. I mean, mm-hmm. you are your responsibility, period. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, it's interesting what you say about um, a lot of times organizations do leave it up to other people. I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged to hear yeah. you say that there are some that hire you and say, look, we know that our people are stressed. And it sounds like um, that's something that I think will probably grow as time goes on, that there'll be more and more yeah. organizations because they're going to find that they're not going to have any employees when it's all said and done if they mm-hmm. don't uh, pay attention to it. But what we're, oh, what yeah. we're seeing, you know, um, some of the, the more successful companies, uh, we've we've mm-hmm. seen places like Apple and um, Starbucks even and mm-hmm. and um, Google uh, have have decided to pay attention to wellness and this sounds like also a part of a, a wellness structure where you're telling people yeah. to take care of themselves but then thinking about stress differently that it's something that needs to be managed and you can manage it and that there mm-hmm. and, and and from what I'm hearing you say is like there's nothing to be embarrassed about it happens right people feel stressed yeah absolutely um, and and absolutely. so what are, what are you going to do about it um do you find that there are people who come to you with kind of even uh health concerns and don't know that they are manifestations of stress that they're having Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So part of uh, what I teach, you know, we're looking at with mindfulness-based stress management, I also bring in movement. And one of the things that we talk about is how uh, your issues are in your tissues. So when we experience stress, we don't just experience in the mind, we also experience it in the body. So sometimes, you know, you might notice that you hold your shoulders up towards your ears, you wear them like earrings, right? You've got, right. you've got yeah. back pain. You notice that every time you go into a meeting, you've got this stomach pain. You notice that you're getting headaches in certain places. And so I always encourage people to also look at when that happens, if you can build that awareness up to understand and start to pay attention to what's going on around you when you start to experience those symptoms. So, you know, historically, if you look at, like, caveman times, caveman leaves his cave, goes and looks for some food, may get chased down by a saber-toothed tiger, in that moment, different things are going to happen, right? Fight or flight, that's where that mm-hmm. kicks in. Heart mm-hmm. rate's going up, blood pressure's going up, breath rate's going up. All of these things are taking place in your body. All this cortisol level spike is to help you survive. And mm-hmm. so that was the historic times when, you know, if they made it out alive, they got to go home and bring their body back down to this ideal state of homeostasis, this ideal state of being where they can relax and restore so that the next time they go out 
and they get chased by a saber-toothed tiger, their body is prepared. But see, mm-hmm. now we're not being chased by saber-toothed tigers. We're being chased by the news. We're being chased by deadlines. We're being chased mm-hmm. by families. Mm-hmm. We're being chased by our kids and other people's kids and coworkers that act like kids, right? So we are mm-hmm. constantly exposed to stress, and our bodies are still responding the same way. Our heart mm-hmm. rate's going up. Our breath rate's going up. Our blood pressure's going up. All of these things are equipping us for survival over things that are not worth fighting for, <laughs> you know? Absolutely, the absolutely. Like they're, not, they're not life or death events, but our body is still responding to them as if they are. And the difference is that now it's not something that's happening every now and then. This is from the moment that we wake up to the moment that we go to sleep. We're constantly mm-hmm. experiencing the stress over and over and over. Oh, so when absolutely. you think about the long-term impacts of your body continuously responding to stress that way, that's where you start to see why over 75% of our doctor's visits are stress-related. We're constantly mm-hmm. experiencing it and not doing much to counter it and to bring it back down. So that's the importance of finding those things, those actionable tools that you can do throughout the day because now you have something that throughout the day you can check in and say, what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? Mm-hmm. Take a deep mm-hmm. breath. Notice where the tension is. Notice what you need so that it's not just stacking to the point where you're spiraling out of control, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, that aha it's a big part of all of my trainings because people need to understand the impact of the things that they allow to get to them. Right. Absolutely. The majority of stressors. Yes. The majority of stressors that you experience are going to be outside of your control. The only thing that you can control is the way that you respond to it. And that's why it's so important to put things in place so that you're not reactively responding, but you can actually think through, understand what you need and respond in the most optimal way. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know something you just said that really uh, rang a bell for me because I I have a lot of whether they're students, clients, uh, I coach um, superintendents who are under a lot of of stress and some principals mm-hmm. um, who are are trying to manage a very uh, difficult contexts in the schools and and districts that they operate on. Uh, sometimes I talk mm-hmm. to them and I say, and I can't remember exactly where I heard it, but I know it's something that I have carried with me a long time is the mm-hmm. the idea of garbage in garbage out. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think about when you said news, you know, we're managing news, we're managing uh, things that we hear, not just the work. And so a lot of times I, I ask them questions and I say, thing, I'm sure you do the same thing when you are exploring how to help someone is to ask them, are you watching the news? What is it that you're reading? Mm-hmm. What, how are you, how mm-hmm. are you having quote unquote downtime? Um, and yes. so can you say a little bit about how you feel about that? You know, just the idea of how people go about managing what they take in. Cause I don't think people mm-hmm. really, uh, really, uh, understand sometimes or even or take seriously the idea that what you expose your brain to uh, gets absorbed. Absolutely. You know, something that popped up in my mind when you were saying that, I think about sometimes when I was younger, I used to watch the Bad Girls Club. And my mom used <laughs> to hate watching me watch the Bad Girls Club. Sure. And she sure. would say, Mandy, you don't need to be watching that because She's like, you know, that's that's getting into your mind. Like, you don't understand. You start to think like them. You start to act like them. And I used to think about, like, in college, you know, certain music would come on and people would be real hyped. That's right. That's right. People get more aggressive. People get more angry. 
you have to understand how much, I mean, you're exactly right, the things that you pay attention to. I believe that what we focus on expand. If the majority of the things that we focus on are negative, then we're going to see more negative. The majority of the things that we focus on are positive, it's a lot easier for us to see more positive. And what's unfortunate is that so much, of, so many of the ways that we relax actually have a very negative undertone. A lot of our, you know, you think you're just watching trash TV. You don't understand how much it's seeping uh, into your subconscious, right? Thank you. You think yes, you're just listening yes. to music. You don't understand music is so powerful, that rhythm. And if you're really interested in this, a great book is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Okay, that's mm-hmm. really big on subconscious and the things that you listen to. Hypnotic mm-hmm. rhythm is what he calls it. But um, just understanding how much of a role the things that you pay attention to do play in the outcome of everything. Mm-hmm. Notice how people that spend time practicing gratitude scientifically are seen as happier people. They're releasing yes. happy molecules, right? Absolutely. So a lot of times we have to recognize the other side of things. It's like, yeah, if I do this, I feel good. Well, you have to recognize if you do this and you feel bad, it's the same. It, it works either way. It works either sure. way. So, sure. you know, people that want to stay stuck in a rut, because it, it can be more comfortable, it's easy, because we're wired for negativity. That's how we survive, you know? That's we're, right. We're animals. That's right. So That's right. we're wired for negativity. We're always on the lookout for something bad. So negativity is very comfortable for us. However, right. we can flex the same muscles and build out new neural pathways for positivity as well. It just right. takes some practice, and it's very much against the norm right now. You know, right yeah. now it's a, there's a big push that it's okay not to be okay, and I absolutely agree. It's also okay to be okay. I think That's we need right. to finish that conversation and understand that it's not just it's, – it's okay not to be okay. And you take your time to, to think through what it is that you need and get the support that you need. But if you don't do anything different, nothing different is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot That's of people, right. they stay there and they say, let me be angry. Let me be bad. You have every right to do that as long as you can accept accountability for what's on the other side of staying in the position that you're in. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and also, I, I do want to underline something you just said about the brain sure. is that, you know, being mm-hmm. wired for our negativity is that we, you know, we come here um, understanding that we have to survive. So the brain is yes. in a survival mode. And so I, I mm-hmm. wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And, and I know also, I mean, p- there are so many people who are probably listening that have heard from me, uh, probably said he probably told her to agree with him on that, <laughs> you know? Um, but, no. but I think, I think that um, we, when it comes to the, the idea of, what you take in and being around people that are negative. And I say, you know, it's not about uh, being realistic. And when something happens, it makes you sad. It makes you sad. And so experience mm-hmm. that, but don't stay there. Uh, figure right. out what are the next, what are the next steps? Where do we go from here? Uh, but if you stick mm-hmm. around into, oh, woe is me, then woe will mm-hmm. be you. You will always be in this in this situation. Um, I'm going to tell Absolutely. you, I'll be honest with you, um, that sure. some years ago, um, I was one of those people who's like, ah, what I'm listening to and what I'm watching on TV, I don't let that stuff, uh, you know, become who I am. You know, I, it's not a part of me. Mm-hmm. It's just TV. And I've had so mm-hmm. many people Told me, have, have said to me, 
Um, it's just TV. It's the way I relax. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and there are a lot of things on TV right now, some ridiculous things in the form of, mm-hmm. of these uh, re- quote unquote reality shows. Right. And they're oh, as yeah, far yeah. from reality as can be, but, but mm-hmm. believe it or not, some people um, absorb that and become stressed behind these characters that are, that are appear yeah. on television. And, and so thank you. Uh, for for uh, sharing that because I absolutely um, believe that I know we don't have a whole lot more time but I uh, there there's one other thing I told you before uh, we we got started um, I also mm-hmm. saw where you do compassion fatigue training um, and I've been yeah. reading mm-hmm. about compassion fatigue particularly around this, you know, with COVID, when they try to COVID-19 fatigue, but that compassion fatigue is real and that there are nurses and doctors, but also a lot of teachers and leaders in in their jobs, but also people who do things like um, that are managing Walmarts and managing uh, Mm -hmm. uh, the the stores and, 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 um, Starbucks and all these other places are stressed and also experience compassion fatigue. Uh, can you just say a little mm-hmm. bit about what you're doing for people and and that are experiencing this fatigue with expressing compassion? Yeah, so I think I think most importantly for me is one building the awareness around you know what it is and what you can do to navigate it. A lot of people are experiencing it. And a lot of things are just being clumped together right now. You know, we're in the, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Half of us don't know what, what it is that's going on. We just know something is off, right? Like we are experiencing something very unique, and none of us know how to navigate it perfectly. Like everyone is having a very individually unique experience. Um, mm. And so helping people to understand um, that they could be experiencing compassion fatigue, that they could be experiencing uh, secondary stress, vicarious trauma, um, intergenerational trauma, understanding the compound impacts of different things you could be experiencing. I mean, you have your own stress that you come in with just from being human. You've got mm-hmm. the stress of the people that you're working with. You've got, you know, the people that you indirectly work with, but those people are, you know, sharing stories of what's happening at work too. All of that adds to that weight. It's, mm-hmm. It all adds to that heaviness. And so helping people to understand different ways to kind of navigate that unique experience, you know, helping them to understand mm-hmm. the importance of self-care, it more especially uh, proactive, preventative approaches towards managing stress. So doing things mm-hmm. before the stress gets there to train the brain in understanding that, hey, there is a resource for me. So that when someone says breathe, they don't just want to smack the teeth out of their face. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Breathing does work because they've been practicing breathing, helping them to understand the importance of boundaries and understanding that, you know, when someone is sharing stories, when someone is sharing pain, how that can be contagious in a way. There are studies that have been shown where it's like if you are listening to the stories of someone that is in pain, the brain necessarily can't necessarily see the difference in that it will take it as if it's its own pain. You can start to experience those symptoms yourself. So if you're constantly being bombarded, right, by other people's stress and other people's stories, you have to have things in place to protect yourself. And so also building awareness around um, the boundaries and how to articulate that boundary in a way where you can help each other. 
where you can say, hey, if this is about X, Y, Z, this might not be the best time for me. I might not be the best person. Hey, I'm having a rough day. I might not be the best person for this right now. And even mm-hmm. as the person who's sharing the story, recognizing how much of it actually needs to be shared and am I honoring someone else's boundaries because we all want to be there for each other right now. Mm-hmm. Well, some mm-hmm. of us do. Some of us are completely, you know, we're tapped out. It's like, listen, I, I don't even have it for you, right? For so, sure. For the most part, we want to show up for each other. And when we do that, we have to we have to find ways to honor each other's boundaries and to understand we're not the only ones that are going through a really rough time. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how can we take care of our community while we take care of ourselves, right? Sure, um, sure. Showing them just different positive coping strategies, helping them to understand, you know, is there a way for me to lessen my workload? You know, is there a way for me to kind of navigate this burnout? Some different things that um, – I, I talk about are things like just slowing down, like literally right, right. slowing down the way you That's talk, right. the way you eat, right. who you interact mm-hmm. with, just allowing those cortisol levels to come down. Even some of those high intense workouts, like, you know, I, I experienced burnout myself and I had to even come back from like my dance classes. They were so intense. And just as I wanted uh. my body to restore and slow down the workouts that I was doing, just understanding that reducing I my see. workload if I can. And also getting over myself and knowing that somebody will take care of it. Like it it can't all be on me. It can't all be on you. So just helping people to understand that um, there are different tools and strategies that you can begin to implement to help them navigate exposure, not only to their own stress, but to other people's stress in this field. Oh, absolutely. So well uh, said. I had a colleague some years ago um, mm-hmm. who um, at another university, uh, he was retiring. And um, and I remember we, we had just built a brand new school of education building and he was the dean. And I mm-hmm. said, how could you leave now? Like, it's such an exciting time got all this stuff going on and we just got a new doctoral program and, 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 and he looked at me and he said, you know, I realize that there's always going to be fires. And he said, but Mm -hmm. what I also had to realize is that there will be other firemen too. And he said, so I'm leaving. So I just, I mean, I've always taken that away from (laughs) that conversation that there would always be fires and other firemen too. So uh, yes. thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And lastly, yeah, I know that you have yeah. um, your own web-based education platform. I'd love I for do. you to talk about it. The Mako, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it uh, um, <laughs> yeah, correctly, Mako Mindfulness. Um, tell us about your, your own platform. And then also please sure. share if there's a way, because uh, I'm sure there are people out there that are like, how do I reach her? <laughs> so please um, give, give information um, after you talk about uh, your port platform, uh, how people can reach yeah. you if they need they need to uh, get a session with you. But please tell me about Mako Mindfulness. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So um, Mako Mindfulness is technically the name of my company. Um, and so really, it, originally it started as like a blog where I was just putting different like yoga stuff on it. Um, but it's followed my work. And so we did a big project for the Texas Education Agency. It's the first year mm-hmm. of the pandemic, 2020, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, built out a whole bunch of, like, cartoons and resources around stress wow. and things like that. And so what we decided to do was actually take the things from what I call the MAKO method. So 
for, for everybody that's listening, what the MAKO method is, is it is five evidence-based practices that you can do throughout the day to help you manage your stress. So mm-hmm. the MAKO method consists of gratitude, affirmation practices, perspective building, breathing and stretching exercises, and, uh, oh, journaling. <laughs> oh my God, no, I'm missing one. Um, and so if you go on to makeomindfulness.com, you will actually find different categories that you can drop down. There's different exercises. And we've pulled some of the things from the resources that we created for the Texas Education Agency and mm-hmm. um, made them available. And some of them are snippets. Some of them are full videos. But there's a lot of resources that are there. Um, but for those of you that are interested in the MAKO method, and if you just want 50 actionable tools that you can use throughout the day, um, you can go to www.themakomethod.com, that's the M-A-K-O method.com, and you can actually download a guide. Um, and in that guide, there's going to be different exercises for each one of the, each part of the framework that you can actually go through and see if there's some different exercises in there that you would like to try. And once you get that guide, there's also going to be a link in there. If you're interested in trainings, we do trainings on stress management, also psychological safety um, for teams, organizations, schools. We do PD. We do it all. Uh, there's wow. also uh, we also do the same resources that we created for the Texas Education Agency. Those are available this year for anyone. So we do on-demand professional development where your employees can log in and watch videos, watch cartoons, <laughs> watch me watch an mm-hmm. animated version of me um, walk you through some different exercises and different things to consider for navigating your stress. But definitely grab that guide. And once you do, once you get that email, um, you can always reply to it. Let me know if you have any questions or any feedback that you want to share. Feel free to find me on Instagram at Mako Mindfulness, and I'm always on LinkedIn, Amanda Mark. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Learned so, so much welcome. from you uh, today, and I'm sure everybody listening in, uh, wishing you great success. You'll be hearing from us for sure about some yes, of your work. You We'd so love much. to get you in. Absolutely. And so we'll be yeah. listening and, re- and reading about your work. I, I, you know, I told you I've been uh, following you for a while. And um, so thank you. And so until yes, we get a chance to, uh, um, to meet, go well, stay well, Amanda. Thank you so much for being uh, on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. And to everyone, create a great day. Thank you.